we sometimes forget about who are we actually and what, what do we really want in the world. And I think a lot of people are asking this question this year, especially right now, because it goes back to the core essence as we are as human beings. Trust your muse, the podcast exploring new ways of working. Welcome to my podcast, Trust Your Muse, the podcast on new ways of working. My guest this time is wonderful Tina Bieber. She is a German native living in Amsterdam and she has a huge passion for communication, traveling and design. She is a partner at Energy Flow, a self-managed organization in the oil and gas industry with the mission of transforming this industry from the inside out. Energy Flow's journey has been evolving from a for-profit to a for-purpose enterprise, making purpose the only boss of Energy Flow. It's wonderful to have Tina in my podcast and what is special about this episode that you can also find it on YouTube. We did a Zoom recording and depending on your preference, you can watch us talking to each other or you can take us on a, on a walk with you and listen to this wonderful conversation with Tina and me. Enjoy. Bye. How are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm good too. I'm back home in the Black Forest and there is no sun. So that's kind of unusual. Normally here in the south of Germany, it's always sunny. So I'm kind of a bit irritated because of the weather. But it's still <laughs> well, there is no sun in, in Amsterdam either, but it's kind of like the usual. So. <laughs> okay. so you are in Amsterdam right now. Yes, I'm in Amsterdam. And I, I love your setting, Tina. I love everything. It's kind of a, your background is kind of a journey in itself. It's so what, what can we see? What do you have there in your, in your home? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that, that you say it. So actually, yeah, you see my bike, obviously, which you need in Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> Then a surfboard um, over here from um, a brand I find really cool from the, from the south of France. Um, yeah, it's, it, this surfboard is out of cork. So it's like, uh, it's like a sustainable surfboard brand and they are experimenting with like sustainable um, materials. And um, yeah, and there's a picture of Venice Beach. Um, I call California somewhat like one home. <laughs> and um, yeah, you see here, obviously a picture of Amsterdam that I took at some point and put it on Canva, canvas. And this chair, actually, you see it here? Yeah. It's, um, I, I had a job, um, you know, next to studying at like dinner shows in Breda. And, um, and, you know, you got like, you know, paid per evening, practically, it was like, uh, you know, like an hour contract. So not like, you just yeah. do it as a side job. And then I saw this chair, and it was my last night um, before I actually left Breda, before I left the city. And I saw this chair, and I was like, 
you know, instead of paying me, can I get this chair for tonight? <laughs> so I saw it was like in it was an old theater, you know, and it was like standing in one of the corners behind a curtain, and I fell in love with it. And that was like that's like already also like six seven years ago, I think. So yeah, I love it, and obviously I painted on the wall, which. <laughs> My boyfriend was always freaking out because it's a <laughs> rental. <laughs> so it says waves and sand and something that is hidden. What's the last word? Um, I don't know. I actually don't no, know. Yeah, it's very secret. And the other one is walk, walk on the wild side. Yeah. Which I love, which I love very much. Yeah, to me, it has a lot to do, you know, like you go your way, you stay close to yourself. And I also always call it, you know, going on the wild side when I travel inwardly. So like with the, going on meditation, doing meditation and such. Okay, yeah. interesting. So the wild side inside of you while well, looking for the calm as well. In the That's outside, it. Maybe. Yeah, we're going to deep dive a bit more. Welcome, Tina Biba. I'm so, so glad to talk to you to deep dive we've been talking to each other for a year now it's a year ago that we met and I was immediately fascinated by you and by your presence and your aura and your friendliness and your welcoming charm because I attended a meetup organized by energy flow last year in October and With this meetup, a lot of things started and a great learning journey for me, for me uh, started as well. And Tina has um, taken a, a big part in that learning journey as we are yeah, still in, we kept in touch and we deep dive a lot. And uh, I love to have you here. Tina Biba, yeah, it's it's amazing, and I'm very curious what what will evolve. Uh, we are both a bit excited. Yes, <laughs> we realize that we both like, well, we've been talking so so often, and now it's recorded, and it's getting official. We're doing a podcast, <laughs> and she is a podcaster herself, so she has a podcast. Uh, she, yeah, or maybe you want to tell a bit about yourself. Uh, I'm curious, um, and the audience is is uh, for sure very curious to get to know you, as we now got to know a bit of your home, which which also tells a lot about you and your wildness and your adventurous explorer personality as I know you. And uh, yeah, maybe you want to uh, say some, some words about yeah, yourself. Yeah, first, yeah. thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. And yeah, um, yeah it touches me <laughs> deeply. You. And it's also, it feels like we know each other for like much longer than just a year. It's just a year. <laughs> yeah, already a year. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> But it feels it feels like we've been knowing each other for a really long time. And, yeah, there um, was a quick connection, right? When we yes. met, I mean, we were the, the Germans. You realized, oh, she's a German <laughs> too. Wow, where are you from? <laughs> so that's the first spark. Okay. <laughs> But I felt that were there there was something else as well. So yeah. a mutual interest of getting to know each other a bit deeper. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and, and as you said, like um the meetup um organized out of energy flow, uh it's like it's one of the things that I'm doing within energy flow. And I've I've been on quite a journey and quite a ride <laughs> with this organization, as you know. Um and how long how long are you with them now? It's um it's almost four years. So pretty mm -hmm. much four years ago, we started initial converse or I started initial conversations with them to um, 
you know, to start. And at that point, I couldn't have imagined what kind of a wild ride <laughs> that would be and what kind of part I would take in it. Um, it fits it fits your um, your painting on the wall. It does. It does. No, it definitely does. Because this journey, um, it introduced me to things like, you know, the future of work, new ways of working. Um, and I, you know, I always believed and there must be a different kind of way of doing things. And myself, I have a business administration background, a bachelor's and master's. And I was one of these students who, you, you know, I questioned everything. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, you know, and didn't really, I looked at models and I was like, hmm, okay, but how do you actually, you know, live these things and how does it feel also and how, how is it realistic? And the biggest question of all that came up for me was, um, we, like, you know, it was management schools and, and even though it feels like, you know, it, it was just a couple of years ago, um, well, no, okay. No, it was a couple of years ago that I graduated. <laughs> but um, it was like, you know, purpose equals profit. And, and we were still like taught um, how to build up profitable organizations, how to be leaders who can push this kind of profitability. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, in what kind of century are we actually living in that we can, that we can still, you know, um, say that purpose equals profit. And then for me, a whole journey started in, in also diving deeper, not like in, in, I think it was more like in an unconscious way. And, um, but I started questioning also the things I did in my, in my job afterwards, um, how I interacted with people and my surrounding, because if you're studying at a school like that, you know, you have a lot of people around you and you're being introduced to organizations who are kind of like representing the same culture as, um, as you're also learning at mm. school. And also obviously um, growing up in Germany. So I grew up in Germany um, and it, uh, there was always this kind of vibe of competition, you know, like, um, and you come on, you, you, you can be better than that. And I mean, obviously we are measured like that in our educational system and such and bringing that into the business world. And I thought, no, there must be a different way of doing stuff and then I met um, the founder of, of Energy Flow, Raema, and our first conversation, which was, which was my, um, uh, how's it called? Like my, my, my first job interview. Mm -hmm. um, we don't call it a job interview anymore. That's why I was looking for the word. How, how do you call it? Because there's also discussion of how could you change the language about the whole recruiting. Um, yeah. I mean, system. our first conversation is just, it's connecting. I always... Mm -hmm. It's connecting and we, we actually call the whole process from, you know, like, um, it's like a sign up process, we call it. Um, mm -hmm. But now um, we go more into the direction of um, explorational process mm -hmm. because, like it, yeah, it's, it's, mm -hmm. ex, um, it's exploring a partnership of, um, you know, of you starting with um, these people in this context. And um, it's much more than just an employer-employee relationship. And it sounds more with that um, naming or with that, it sounds more like you are um, on an eye level rather than, you know, you, you are applying for a job and I need to be or behave in such and such way to be able to get the job. I always tell clients or friends who are in this process to uh, also look at that way, use that perspective that they also are applying to you. You are 
uh, in that moment also checking is that the place where I want to work where I would feel that my energy is welcome that my personality is welcome and that I can contribute to something bigger so that's kind of I like that thanks for sharing yeah no totally it's uh it's like um it's like a more mature um mm -hmm. I think setting so it's not we're going away from this parent-child you know mm -hmm. kind of um dynamic and the first conversation I had with Raima it lasted I'm not kidding um four and a half or five hours <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, we're we we're both big talkers, but uh, told me, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was so it was so amazing. Like we were just like talking about everything, but it was a lot about what are our individual stories, you know, what's our background, what how are our beliefs, you know, how do we stand in the world, how do we look at life, and what's important for us, and um, and that I mean, obviously. It, it, it was the initial conversation of a journey that I would have never dreamt of and which has completely changed my perspective on work, on life and which is really, you know, making my wildest dreams come true in, in terms of we don't have to separate, you know, you know, yourself from work or yourself from anything. It's, um, it's just like how you want to sh uh, show up in the world and, and, through what kind of channels do you want to make impact? Mm. It sounds like at that point, um, it was the company was called Energy Circles. Circles, yeah. Circles. And at that point, so four years ago, Raima as um, the founder, or the at that time he was the CEO still, or how was that kind of? He was also in the in a transmission of okay, who do we want to be who we, do we want to work with what should the company look like or what was it when you entered what role did you apply for it's kind of the i'm using the the this terms to yeah to make the shift a bit clearer and uh, you ended up having a four to five hour conversation about getting really deep so um where was the company at that time Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one um, because I do think that time was was as you say it was like we were in a transition phase. So um, the conversation we were having was also focused a bit around okay, what what are your skills and talents, obviously, and what gives you energy and whatnot. And at that time, I was already able to say okay, I like communication. I like you know um, doing work with people and you know, my belief system around hierarchies and how mm -hmm. teams can work. And I could say, I'm not a big fan of numbers. So, but that was practically it in terms of, you know, knowing myself, let's say. And um, at that time, what happened is, so I came into a very interesting time because Raima already made the decision with the other shareholder, Robert, at that time, that they wanted to set up an organization in a very different way in terms of structure. So they said, well, you know, Raima had a lot of experience um, also already before in the oil and gas industry. So we are an oil and gas, which <laughs> is like, yeah, Important the, information still missing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so um, he had so a lot what of do they do. What do they do? Can you explain it just quickly? So it, it's about valves, right? Like this. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So as a, as a tangible product, um, breaking it down to that, it is valves and, um, and it's, uh, it's a matter of, 
So how I'm explaining it, because we are a highly purpose-driven organization. So this whole journey of starting with self-management and making personal development um, first priority at our organization also brought big topics on the table like purpose, individual purpose, organizational purpose. And also that obviously changed our perspective, um, you know, towards our product, towards what we want to offer in the market and how we are using this to um, making a positive impact in the world. And now you can obviously say, well, oil and gas, Tina, hello, <laughs> what, what are you doing then in there, right? And um, my first, my, if I, my, my first thought when I looked, when I was in the Netherlands and I was looking for uh, meetups and organizations that are working in a different way. So that was kind of my research question or what I wanted to learn about. And I found you and I was like, okay, you're in the middle of nowhere. Is it kind of worth <laughs> it to go there? And it's like, Oliver Wolf. So they're into Wolf. So what's that? What do they do? And it's like, okay, interesting. And they are going to talk about their holacracy journey. Oh, even more interesting. So um, I found I was very uh, intrigued in a way and it was a bit contradictory. And I like those kind of things to dig deeper in it so that yeah that was the decision made I want to I want to get to know you and I want to get to know this oil and gas industry being sustainable oil and gas industry you know and purpose driven and I was like okay I know that from um uh yeah really the social startups or you know this big and then I was like okay that's interesting let's let's go and listen and learn and that was pretty amazing to get to know you sorry now that was just my squeezing no but uh, I mean this is this is a really valid point because how I look at the world is that you know transformation and change starts with ourselves and um and I'm I like to you know look back on the last four years and seeing how we changed also as a group of people and how we were growing in, in points like self-awareness, self-love and self-accountability, which actually makes it possible, you know, like to embrace this kind of complexity and interdependence from each other. And what we're doing with that is, you know, a lot of times we are very separate um, in, so we do our job and then we have like, um, this beautiful family at home or you know so it's like there is like this big gap between things and we and we don't dare to integrate it because it's it's two separate things right and it's like the same with um, so we are working on you know for example um, green energy solutions but please not with oil and gas because they're you know like there's like this a bit black and white and, and separate thinking mm -hmm. so my like what what I found out is if we start with ourselves and kind of like try to integrate that it's like the same you know we have days we are very triggered or whatsoever and we just face it right and we look at it and we make it part of ourselves we are creating wholeness so if we start with ourselves we are bringing this kind of healing into our organization and with that in industry and with that in the world And obviously, industries like oil and gas, they need healing the most because they lost its purpose. They lost its compassion and love for themselves, you know. So kind of like getting a different kind of perspective on things and with that breaking a cycle. Um, that's in essence what I believe in and what, what we as a group also do, starting with ourselves and with that practically, 
you know, changing a whole culture from the inside out. And at the same time, there's initiatives outside of the industry. And at some point, we're going to cross ways and integrate all that. And with that, I believe we can speed up this whole transformation towards a sustainable future that, you know, a future vision that is worthwhile to live for, embracing mm -hmm. all stakeholders, in particular, you know, our mother nature. Um, and, um, you know, we shared this vision, like, so how can we work on our different kind of path to, to go mm. there together? Mm. I'm so curious to go back a bit in time. And I mean, what you tell now is build up of a huge journey, like a personal, your, your personal journey, which I also, which you shared and which goes very deep. And then you you had the the collective and you as a group and um, what role do you think plays Raima in this transformational journey as being a CEO that at that point uh, deep dived into and also started his own journey being in the oil and gas industry and have this conscious level or this mindset that is shifting in a way which. Um, you you um you share now because you know when you think of the business world and of profit and of being a ceo being a leader um you it comes up this 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 images you have and and the language pops up of profit of deliver of um yeah the, the business impact you have to create and now you telling this transformation and um, protecting the mother nature being in the oil and gas industry that sounds so interesting and it, it started with 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 who with what is there anything what you think that made the shift that was uh, is Raima sharing some did he has an awakening or what what do you think is made it made it like that that someone came up by by um yeah deciding to we're going to change that I want to I want to work differently. I want to structure my company differently. I want to hire people that share my vision, that follow the purpose of our, you know. And it sounds so cool, but uh, how how <laughs> was that how was that possible? Where did it start? Yeah, I think for Emma, and I mean, like obviously, he he should probably tell the story himself because I only yeah. have like one perspective on it. Yeah. Um, but as an observer of of his you know, journey as well and, and the way we have been going together. When I met Raima, he was kind of like um, questioning also a lot of things that were happening in the in the industry and um, in the business world actually in general. And one of the biggest ones, I think, that he saw the opportunity to change was hierarchies. And the experience he made was that um, he would have to make decisions um, for you know, let's say three management layers underneath him. And he was like, I'm not the expert in that, but why would I put my, my signature on that paper? It doesn't make any sense. And as more as he was climbing practically the, to the top in his late, eight, uh, late <laughs> not late 80s, in his <laughs> late 20s, um, he also, he discovered for himself that obviously, um, you know, the... 
um, he, he, he got a bit more, um, how's it called? Re resistance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Re resistance from like uh, management levels above. And it was very, very much structured and a lot of, you know, black and white approaches in terms of regulations and just make this decision or you are out, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, pretty radical. And at some point he decided, yeah, okay, then it doesn't make me happy. I find it really, you know, not efficient things, um, how they are been done. And how can we do it better? And then he went on an explorational journey of what is out there um, that we can actually build an organization that embraces wholeness, that embraces talent and skills and unleashes potential of, of all of us. And then he came across uh, Holacracy. And um, that was also the starting point, um, yeah, roughly four years ago now. In October, it was four years, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, and implemented Holacracy and uh, with the purpose of um, bringing wholeness into the organization. And that was now looking back, it was it was the complete right thing because what he what he practically I think he wasn't aware at that point what kind of impact it can have today. Um, but uh, what happened then is that we started out with Holacracy, which was a huge trial and error because it's not that there's too many companies out there practicing it or a lot of them also, you know, made a decision of this is not for us. And I understand because Holacracy is not it's not a ready to take system. I mean, it brings a structure, but you need to develop it further and you need to customize it for yourself. And I mean, we are one of the cases, I would say it worked out well, but, you know, we had to build on it for ourselves, too. So one thing I think that we really learned is that we are we're really addressing all tensions that are coming up. There is no tension has been ignored and that can be very painful and exhausting mm -hmm. at times. Right. But that also was really speeding up the whole development of individuals and the organization that brought us to this huge purpose together transforming how oil many, and gas how many are you right now at the time a year ago you 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 were 14 people i remember and now we are 20 20, 20 people okay. from eight different countries mm -hmm. okay yeah so and i was i was yeah so there are so many different topics i want to deep dive in and we talked about the holacracy topic and also that we're gonna want yeah want to have a bit of a a critical insight on it as well and I have some questions for you regarding the holacracy topic but regarding the wholeness um, talking about wholeness what is what does wholeness mean to you to you as a as Tina but also to you in the context of uh, energy circle energy flow sorry this this wholeness term of wholeness to make yeah. someone or like this to make it whole what yeah it's a, it's an interesting one because i haven't really thought about the word itself <laughs> too much um but or the feeling in, or the picture maybe yeah it's, it's it's transmitting it or what do you feel the cultural aspect of it or yeah what i see is that you are showing up as um as a whole person like that sounds really abstract but What I mean is, um, so there wasn't, I have an example actually, because mm -hmm. there was also a reason, um, there was a, a point in time in my previous organization where I made a commitment to myself saying, mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to live, I want to show up in the world as me, as a human being, as, you know, one, 
not having to make like difference between uh, showing up as roles in organization or there, there I'm showing up different than there. I just want to be that and feel joy and happy and that not just, you know, in like a current stage, but as a state you are in. And um, the trigger was a conversation I had with a former colleague who told me on the hallway, she was like, Tina, obviously I'm showing up here just in a role because the rest needs to stay at home. Nobody cares about it here and it, it shouldn't be here. So I'm a different person at home than here. And she said it literally. And that touched me so deeply and it, and it inspired me so deeply that there must be different ways to do things because it feels so, you know, such a separate kind of approach. I, um, had, interesting, I had interesting conversations with a friend of mine who uh, exactly likes that. So but she there's a difference likes it to, huh? be, to be yeah to be in a role the role is protecting her and she doesn't want to be the, the whole authentic herself in um in the business world uh, because she protects her mm, her true whole self which is interesting we, we, we talk about it a lot and i because i'm like you i also want to show up as i am i don't want to um, where things I don't feel comfortable, first of all, that's the first discussion. If you have to, you know, wear clothes, you're not feeling comfortable with, but the business world demands it or this kind of stuff. Um, and for her, it's rather a role to protect her being and to be the professional herself, which I found interesting as well. So it is definitely showing up as the true authentic you because there is a difference and she wants to rather she has her angle of protecting it yeah and um and if if you say protecting there might be a fear behind it right and um and i think this is also perfectly you know fine and nice because we are all we are not in a linear process right when we yeah. are all on different kind of journeys so maybe she is gonna get to a point at some someday and will say now i want to do it differently and mm. um but I think what, what I've been learning at, at Energy um, Flow, one of the first things when, when we had this, this structural shift from hierarchy to self-management was um, there is like the so-called role and soul division within mm -hmm. holacracy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that time I was like writing my master thesis about it and I was like, you know, diving into it and I was like, yeah, this doesn't make sense, you know, me like, why, well, you know, emotional connections, <laughs> and I want to be there as a person. What, what are you telling me here? And now looking... Can you, can you, can you share quickly what does, what does that mean? Yeah, for those sure. Who haven't heard the podcast, the episode before, and who don't, who are not that into holacracy, so the uh, role and soul division, which I found super interesting as well. And I got a bit of a, of a brain freeze around it imagining it <laughs> if that would really work you know imagining myself as showing up as i'm now to i'm sarah but i'm now in my role as a people lead and i that's my duty to tell you in your role as your brand lead um to finally move your ass because we need we need to get this going da, 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 da. not you wouldn't say it like <laughs> that i know but i was like okay and i you know like this this yeah but you explain it better but i mean like you in know you were in in reality obviously if if you're trying it out and you're you know in the beginning time you do stuff like that right <laughs> so <laughs> obviously but um yeah it, it is a very interesting topic because what it says is holacracy is practically you organize work uh, you organize around work and not people and 
what um, the idea behind this is that you're kind of like getting rid, rid of politics and, you know, like this kind of stuff that is also happening in organization, which means you are not getting too attached to a role and um, it leaves it dynamic and looks at an organization as a living organism to, um, yeah, to, you know, adapt quickly to changes and, and such. And um, I said, it, it sounds really abstract, a role and soul division. So in practice, as you say, it kind of like works this way. So I'm like in my um, brand building role and I'm having a project request to you. And then I just like saying, okay, project request to you and your role, I don't know, text writer and, and that's it. So it, it sounds really cold, right? And at the same time, if you give feedback from role to role, um, you would practically, theoretically, you would say, I don't take it personal because you're just talking to me in my role. So this is um, one of the things I think which is most discussed because people, souls are fulfilling these roles, right? So in theory, <laughs> this, um, this is a bit crazy, I would say, um, uh, or I, I don't know how to, how to express it, um, or that's how I felt about it at some point. But if you dive deeper into it and explore it a bit deeper, it, it can be very, very freeing up. And what I learned from this is, um, is actually that I learned, you know, I, I said before, I mentioned before this, um, this uh, topic around not being good enough, like, um, you know, getting back to that a lot of times in my life or looking for, you know, got, getting in a do mode to get recognition to what I'm doing mm. to kind of like prove that you can be here. Which you, which you connected a bit to the German competition culture culture okay mm -hmm. yes um mm. and um and i think it's it's really anchored in western society to a certain mm. extent um and what i what i kind of like take out of this role in soul division was that i actually learned just you know to or yeah i don't know if, if learning is the right word or discovering for myself uh, it's a deeper ex uh, exploration to say, you know what, I'm showing up in the world and I'm good enough without, mm. you know, having roles that I need to fulfill and do. So I'm also doing these roles, I'm fulfilling them, but I, I don't need to have like this kind of recognition to it, um, for mm. it, right? So you're showing up in the world, you feel good enough, and then you're not getting attached to roles. And this mm. sounds way easier than it is in practice <laughs> mm. because um, this, uh, yeah, it, it was just like, it's, you know, personal development. It's a lot of focus on finding out who you are, what you need. It's, um, it's doing, yeah, work around that topic and um, it needs a certain um, awareness and consciousness level to, I think, also live that And it's not like that, that, that I'm in this state all the time, right? This is not, mm. this is not reality because we have days there is okay. And we have days we're easily triggered, you know? So I had a conversation with a wonderful um, leader and she shared that in her organization and, and she highlighted that it seems paradox, but they are demanding or asking and they have this um, culture, this culture of belonging that they ask their employees to share everything that is happening at home, to bring it at work, to share it at work, to be able to show up 
as you are in your state of being and what you said meaning uh, fragile meaning worried um, anxious or having to deal with a sick child at home or caring for your parents um, or having a um, I, I think a lot of people are dealing with depression nowadays um, or being being sick have a, a severe sickness and bringing that to work and sharing that in a safe environment in a culture where you've been hurt and you can place it and not you know have this inner conflict of, of not being there fully present because there are things in your life going on because you separate it you know you separate it quite harshly still and I found that very interesting and it was a whole it was a whole co like a, a big corporate so it was not um, a, a small company where there is a familiar atmosphere. It was a big corporate and they want to have this um, sense of belonging and inclusive culture where people can share everything that is bothering them at home. You may call that the tensions being addressed in holacracy, maybe. I don't know if, if this is yeah. or it's rather another level of uh, the tensions, maybe. But I found that very cool and that made me think a lot about that and how yeah. I would, like, I mean I, f I find it all, I, I find it um, a nice way to go about stuff to the point when it's not getting to you know like pushing things because everybody has a different speed um, but um, but obviously belonging and meaning are like I think those are the two essential things you um, you get down to um, depending on what kind of state of your life you're in. But what we also, what we figured out is that the switch to holacracy, it invited us to go more inwardly. And then we, we actually, because holacracy doesn't give that space, this people space, it isn't provided from the system, how it's built right now. So as I said, it's not, you know, a recipe that is done, but you have to develop it further. So what we did is, we build up a people context and this people context obviously is the foundation of everything what we do um, because it's um, it's about living our interdependence as human beings and taking care of each other. So in fact, in our context, things like that are coming up. They have been there from the from the first day that I started at um, and with energy flow and it's still lived. And the, the difference is just that we make a difference now in terms of saying, okay, now we are interacting in the people context and we take this time as tribe members to be. I'm listening to you out of Tina now and we're interacting out of that. And in the enterprise context, we are getting our work done that is, um, that is bringing us you know, closer to our purpose of the organization. And how do I know in which context you are in and I am in right now. So how is that addressed? Through it's actually holacracy or do I choose? I'm now, I do want to be in the people context because that's what's troubling me and what I want to talk to you about. Or how is that? How does it look like in practice? Yeah, in, in practice, it is, um, it's indeed like this that we have, um, you know, in holacracy, we use um, an operating system that is called Classrock. Mm -hmm. So we have a Classrock environment for the enterprise as well as for the people context and the same okay. as in Slack. Um, and the point is, I mean, and, and we can switch really quickly from the one to the other. Um, and obviously we have organized tribe time that we are spending time to, uh, with each other, with the connecting sessions. We have feed forward processes, which is happening in the people context. 
or also we are now I like the feed forward term as well yeah <laughs> I like it better than feedback yeah yeah and it's mm -hmm. also in in this kind of context um uh, and I, I don't want to go too deep into that, like the impact dashboard that I've been developing around, mm -hmm. like we are showing up in the world as a soul, which is like one context we can be in, like with family, friends, community, and we can still make impact on our environment, society and economy. And the same, we can also live through an organizational context, like in this case now energy flow. And we might not make the same impact there than in in our private context which is cool too it's just information so this is how we deal with it also in in our people context so we support each other on on which way you ever want to be so if people want to explore new kind of projects outside of energy flow please do i'm here to help you and mm -hmm. um, we go even that far now that we are exploring together things like insurances and I mean like it's in in the Netherlands you have like broad funds you know it's like mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bread fund it's a it's a bit weird but um but we are um looking at um what do we need and how can we support each other on every level so financial level if, if somebody's getting pregnant and you get like a certain amount of money but you might need more so let's have you know together a fund to organize that or mm -hmm. different kind of skills and interests we want to explore together and just to be there for each other. Mm. Purpose is a big topic in there that we revisit our individual purposes um, in this context as well, our values. Yeah, maybe let's, um, let's um, connect there because I attended a, a webinar you offered on your Holacracy journey as well. And I remember... Uh, and I had been visiting you and I had gotten to know you and learned about your journey. And still after the the webinar, I was confused because it sounded <laughs> it sounded a bit like if you may if I may say that it sounded a bit to me as a sect. And you are you know using the word tribes and using this powerful big words. And I'm a very pragmatic person and I'm a very um, critic person and I like to deep dive and if someone is like blowing up and all the, you know, the, the buzzword talk we have within the new work bubble and everything. So I'm yeah. a bit like, ah. and um, I remember that I felt a bit like, okay, um, well, that sounds on one hand so cool and so fascinating and you've been, you, you realized and you felt that you've been through a a hell of a journey I don't know like you really realized it from the way you've been talking and interacting with each other and on the other hand it I felt it felt so um how do I describe it it, it was a bit for me too no I couldn't grab it enough. yeah like disconnected you know I mean? yeah I felt a bit disconnected it's like okay they're doing their own thing they're a small company they have a cool um they did the power shift which i would be curious to also get it explained yeah. from you <laughs> because i did not manage and i didn't feel uh the, you know like capable to explain that and you experienced that and 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 they have this person and this people thriving and believing it and found their purpose they had the they had a trainings and everything but i was like okay but if a company is using wants to use the holacracy gets a training and then what you know as you mentioned it's not a recipe and you realize that it's this whole mind shift mindset shift perspective change 
how can you start with that what is kind of the i mean it is the journey i think it's just that it's the journey and it's try and error that's what yeah, i learned and from you but how to make it a bit more approachable and not uh, oh god there are They are meditating at work. I think this is changing. The meditation, um, you know, it's not hocus pocus. It's a, um, it's what is what gives you, um, what, what gives you energy, but to make it a bit more tangible. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I mean, like, um, if we, we can, we can just like, I mean. I've been also working in, in other companies, um, mm -hmm. as I mentioned to you, and it's always kind of like the same problems, um, the same challenges, which is around, um, I cannot adapt quickly enough to, to the changes around um, the organization in the world. I, um, I have lacking um, employee commitment, engagement. I mean, we all know Gallup's research about 85% of employees are disengaged in 155 countries around the globe. Mm. Um, we have an increasing um, depression rate and, um, you know, sick leaves and all these kind of points. So what, um, I mean, like the, the, I would say the ingredient to all of that is a healthy being like literally body, mind and soul of the person who is in this kind of system of an organization. And this is what we found out where it all starts. And I mean, obviously, when I say, yeah, we take care of each other in terms of, um, you know, the people context, we support each other's on its way. It's like what I do with friends too, right? So it's just like saying this kind of, to me, this is um, this is my, one of the safest or maybe the safest environment to be in to try myself out and to explore myself further. And um, these, um, what was your question? Mindset shift. <laughs> yeah. oh, also, in my head, if someone would analyze our heads, I think it would be like, it's a, it's a, it's a, we are painting a, such a colorful picture. I, I'm, I'm with you and your iPad. We have so many things to tackle. It's about this mindset shift and um i mean in the in the pre-talk we talked about that it's kind of your passion mindset purpose and your own personal journey and we also exchanged our personal journeys a lot and going very deeply and feeling safe and building a connection but how to make sure because that's kind of what we need we are even more disconnected like um in in uh, right now i mean we are more and more connected online But how to make sure that we we get that connection and the interdependence you are right now in this in this context of COVID and in this context of the more and more complex world. And I think what I experienced and learned from you and also from my time in the Netherlands that it's different there from the way they work which with each other, like the organizational context and the way the people encounter or engage with each other is a bit different and a bit more close than in in Germany you know and um oh you mean like I... close and inter yeah it's um mm -hmm. more open actually mm -hmm. like more open yeah. and yeah and a bit more joyful a bit more easygoing yeah it is about joy being a big aspect of not being stressed I feel like in Germany it's always um showing up stressed and being stressed and sharing loudly yeah. <laughs> i have so many meetings and then i'm always like oh, you know or i you just kind of <laughs> i where's the joy around what you're it if, so yeah, you if, even, if, yeah if if you are not saying you're stressed then you know you don't work 
you don't, don't work. work. How are you contributing yeah. to society? Yeah. Yeah. As as you're saying, I think that we are really we are entering a new paradigm of um, of how to do business and how to set up organizations. And if we look at because if we look at our challenges in the world, I mean we need to kind of act, right? I mean, there needs to be somewhat like a transformation. And um, I think in particular this year showed us um, an increasing level of, of um, awareness and an increasing level of consciousness of our society. We had like the Black Lives Matter movement, um, you know, things that, that, have, that have been addressed, but just like in, you know, really smaller system and they weren't that loud yet. And now it's there, the contrast that this year showed us You cannot ignore it anymore, right? So how do we respond to that also as organizations? And we live in the world that is very fast moving. And what we decided to do is we look at our organization as a living organism because it consists of you and me. We are human beings. We are extremely complex. You need different kind of things, you know, to, to unleash your full potential and to make impact in the world than I do. And how do you create a system that is embracing this kind of complexity? And when we talk about mindset shift, and I mean, first of all, we have an increasing level of consciousness and awareness going around our society. And I believe if we have the tipping point of 20%, that we can make this 80% impact actually of change. How, how do you know that it's 20% and that 80% is needed? How do you measure that? No, it's like the, you know, like the, the rule of Pareto. And I think like if we get this, you know, it's like, it's like Like, you know, yes, tipping point. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and I mean, like, we know now how impact works. We, you know, we, the, the world was taught how impact works through COVID-19. And um, it starts with one and then, you know, it spreads. And now we also see, like, obviously in our Generation C, Generation Y, you and me, we look for more. We want more purpose. We want more meaning, belonging. We just want to live. And obviously, in knowing and appreciating what is there and what the generations before us, you know, built. And um, looking at um, our organization, how this mindset shift worked was that first we had the structural um, shift, which was going from hierarchy to self-management, which invited us to, um, you know, to dive more into ourselves to kind of like, you know, yeah, do personal development, to unlearn certain habits and to just, you know, go out there and be, to discover, like for, for yeah, pretty much all of us, the question got really urgent around, why am I here for? You know, the purpose question, the biggest question of all. And it came out of this kind of like process of, you know, perspective change. We're so, as a society, majorly externally driven, right? With um, kind of like very influenced by things or you do this kind of career, you earn this kind of mon much money and then you're going to be successful and all these kind of things that we sometimes forget about who are we actually and what, what do we really want in the world? And I think a lot of people are asking this question um, to themselves right this year. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah, yeah. right now, because it goes back to the core essence as we are as human beings. And this is the question we also ask ourselves. And then we said, well, we came together here in the oil and gas industry at the source of an industry that needs somewhat like, you know, different approaches and, you know, a different kind of purpose and a different kind of being with each other and more co-creation and collaboration. So how can we change this culture from the inside out? 
And, um, and that created a big mindset shift um, for a lot of us. And I mean, we even went to a point that we also do this legal shift, <laughs> right? That mm -hmm. everybody of our organization can be um, a shareholder of our organization. That's now the third point that we went. A very organic journey of evolvement, actually. Mm. And I'm, I'm just referring, or my head is spinning around, okay, when you talk about the this process and the perspective you have and also the inner journey and the time and space you received working in this company that decided together to um, give this room for your personal development and journey because um, a lot of people are frustrated at work because they don't even get time and yeah. money and room to um, develop themselves, to take time to process and reflect on things uh, they, they have been working on or experiencing. Because this is not seen yet in the profit, with the profit classes, you know. Um, how can, can we, I mean, you are a role model and you are an example. I'm, I'm happy to, to share and spread as, as, as wide as possible so that people get in touch with you and learn from you. And what I appreciate so much about you that you share that so transparently and so caring and, and really open, you know, without any um, disclosure or without being disguised about it and ashamed, you know, also about your failures. Um, and having more of this um, open vulnerability, uh, which I would love in the business context where we do not have to hide or disguise that we are kind of trouble or what we, that we failed. Um, but it, it clashes still with this old, you know, we have to make the profit and it doesn't, you, you are here to work, so work. Yeah. And it's not time to be like a, like a, um, how do you call it, uh, like a group therapy session or something <laughs> with your inner work, you know, that therefore you can do that with a coach <laughs> or with a, um, a therapist, uh, but outside, not here, because here the work needs to be done. It, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm now very... I'm, no, I know, I know. Now what... they're taking over this part to make it a bit more clear, the different levels and how yeah. to make sure that, I mean, we are evolving in that, what you meant with the generation, Uh, that we are demanding for more, that this time is showing us that it's so fragile. We do not know what's going to happen next year. It's so fragile, so complex. And people are longing for a connectiveness and for this, this purpose and finding what, what do we want? What do I want? But uh, yeah, what is Yeah, and find, yeah. finding peace also and freedom in, in actually dealing with the uncertainty, right? This is also a big thing that we learned this year. And I mean... Honestly, um, there's like some, some ground um, uh, rules you also learn in business school, which is like an increasing level of satisfaction of employees increases your level of satisfaction um, level of your um, customers, customers, which in return increases your retention rate of customer, which in return increases your turnover. So we have, you know, like the facts there. So how do you, how do, you do that um, if at the same point, 85% of, of employees are disengaged and, and even a certain percentage of that is, um, is kind of like rebelling um, to, to be of contribution with this organization. And 
I think that more and more people are also making the choice, obviously. Um, now, where do I want to work? Where do I want to be? How do I want to... Like valuing time and energy being spent that they could also, um, you know, put somewhere else, obviously. And um, I think um, out of business perspective, it's, it's like, it's so logical, you know, like... You can you can bring it back to numbers, you can crown it in numbers, but it's habits. And it's like this starting with yourself, because if you are also, for example, you are you're transforming an organization from a hierarchical structure to self-management structure. How do you feel as, you know, somebody of maybe a generation that was used to climbing the ladder because that was the only thing you were there for? And people that studied with me at business school, They, they said that literally that was their dream to become a CEO or to become a member of the management board. And, and now we are changing this kind of dynamic in, in just changing a perspective. So we look at it at, okay, what do I really want to get out of it? And it often goes back to how do I want to feel? And we also see now trends in terms of, um, you know, I know people, they're not even 20 yet, and they are already in somewhat like a midlife crisis in terms mm -hmm. of um, what do I want from life? Why am I here? So this is all, you know, it's starting earlier now. And it's not just that you're, you know, your manager, you're getting to your midlife crisis in your 50s, and then you are buying your Harley Davidson or <laughs> world travel. It's all happening now earlier. So mm. the urgency is, is also getting bigger. And I think there's a lot of pressure. I have some very young clients and coaches and the pressure they are in, which I feel as well, working with them is so, so the insecurity, the pressure and the overwhelmingness of information and, um, yeah, this is, yeah, I always feel like I want to protect them <laughs> and I want to make sure that they have a stable, that they know that they are whole, you know, that's what you mentioned. They are good as they are. That's the belief I have. We have as systemic coaches that you are whole already and you have everything you need. And I think that's just such a beautiful um, view and, you know, believing it yourself, it's a journey. I think it's a lifelong journey. I hope you yeah. get closer um, and I hope I want to support people to get closer to this feeling and to be kind of ready to face this complexity because they are stable inside, stable in a way, but in a soft moving stableness. You know what I mean? When <laughs> I, I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah, it's like a more like an, an open, open yeah, stability. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But, you know, the, the point is also what, what you're saying, if we look at our world and for example, um, Greta Thunberg, she, she did an amazing job of, you know, creating awareness about a really, really burning topic. And at the same time, what it created also, and, and we see it a lot in our world in different kind of system and politics and wherever, you have to choose a side, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's very like right and wrong, black and white. And, um, and that's, I think, is also creating a lot of pressure for a certain generation who thinks they need to carry the burden of the generations before. And the only thing you can do is really to, you know, help them to feel compassionate and loving towards themselves. And with that also to, you know, the people around them and the things they are doing. And that's where I think the real work is and the real work as organizations, as leaders and managers in organizations and coaches, you know. And um, I think this is uh, really leading us in now a new generation of setting up organizations and, and healing 
um, organizations mm. and our view to business. Mm. And to, to wrap it up, as we are talking already an hour, Tina, I think we could go on for five. I know why you ended up talking five hours with Raima. And we have to do another session. Maybe we can do that. Um, I remember, I think it was last year in December, that I got a message from you and you were so excited that you had kind of a breakthrough about your own purpose. Do you remember that? Yes. And I would love for you to share how you felt when you found your purpose. How was that for you? <laughs> I get tears in my eyes now. No, <laughs> no but it's, um, it, yeah, it's, um, you know, I've, I've always felt somewhat like pulled in a certain direction from internal, but I couldn't put the finger on it. So it was like some people would say it's gut feeling, it's intuition, mm -hmm. right? And then we had this session um, and we worked with Tim Kelly from the True Purpose Insti Institute and I had it also with the people at Energy Flow. And um, so this day, uh, it was a two-day workshop and then I could practically put my purpose down in words. And it was so impactful just like to, you know, write it out, put them in words. It was like translating a feeling into words to, you know, share language. And I mean, my purpose mission is to unify the world and I'm doing this in breaking down boundaries to connect. And it's a lot about, you know, integration of different perspectives, inclusion. And it was funny because when, when I had this in words, it just, I felt so connected. I felt so warm and um, it was very emotional because I actually, I rejected it. Uh, first mm -hmm. so when I found out I rejected it I had a very um, emotional reaction to it mm -hmm. um, because I was like it's too big you know <laughs> it's like it's too big I will never ever going to be able to handle. yeah I can't mm -hmm. handle and then um, it was also you know you get grounded more in it and um, and then um, I went to Brazil in March and I never told I, I didn't tell people like in Brazil I just met about my purpose right And then we were in this, in Alto Paraíso, in Chapada dos Viadeiros, and this lady, she just told me on the spot, in these words, what my purpose was. And I was looking at her, and she's like, yeah, I saw you. And mm -hmm. I know what, what, what you're doing here, around here, you know? And it happened twice in this time in Brazil. And I was just like, okay, I think I got there, you know? And, <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I started to reflect oh. and I haven't done anything else in my life, actually, you know? No, just I do it more focused. I have more energy on it because I have it in words. So this is also, it makes it easy for me to take on roles in my projects and to say, this is my purpose. So I do roles that relate to it, obviously. Wow, thanks for sharing that, Tina. Yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Your, your face says enough. I think it's kind of, you're like glowing. And yeah, and I, I, I mean, it's, it's evolving, right? Purpose is evolving. It's never like at the point. I think it resonates with you in the moment. And then things are happening in life again. And it makes you get a more clear path again. And... So it's a beautiful process and there's never an end to it. So it's just about what do we need to respond to it in a way with open arms, curiosity, compassion and love. And that's it. I think I have nothing. I don't want to add anything. I just wanted to listen to you the whole time. <laughs> um, I appreciate 
sharing your very personal um, last moment and um, I, I can tell you whoever that is ever was going to watch um, Tina is having so many beautiful people around her and is really connecting um, people and um, breaking down the boundaries because she has so many great ideas and she puts them into action which for I admire you really and uh, I'm, I'm glad that I can always come back and ask you for advice and um, yeah so I really really thank you a lot for sharing um, yeah your you. journey and um, yeah I don't I don't know I don't want to find any <laughs> good words <laughs> Um, but yeah, you're a wonderful human being and I'm really glad that you found uh, an environment and people that um, share the same vision and the energy and make you, um, be your, make you feel you and make you encounter new skills and talents you have and yeah, support you along the way. I think I wish everyone could have that and experience that. Uh, and not feel frustrated and not feel unhappy instead feel this joy feeling this connectiveness and um yeah that's what we're here it. for right yeah. yeah thank you so much sarah i <laughs> yeah. give you a big hug and i will stop Aww. the recording now maybe we can say goodbye in private then yes thank you okay, wait wait <laughs>